Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. The fallout and reaction to the Florida school shooting continues. The president has been telling his people, his staff, that he is serious about raising the age for, for uh, rifle purchases to 21. He is talking about universal background checks. Those are two things that the NRA is dead set against. It's a storm of proposals, accusations, and pleas. Honestly, it's just disgusting. They, they act like they don't own these politicians. They still do. If we have somebody that has gone through the training, they're properly licensed and permitted, and, they're able to, and they are able to carry a weapon in the state, I do not think that there should be restrictions, including on school grounds. I'm Tim Wenger on the podcast, powered by the Brothers of Mercy, a five-star rated skilled nursing residence offering affordable living in a country setting. Let's begin with a roundtable discussion that was aired on ABC's This Week broadcast. Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl, Washington Bureau Chief for the Associated Press Julie Pace, Univision anchor Jorge Ramos and Lanhe Chen, a former policy director for the Romney-Ryan campaign, joined Cokie Roberts for a sit-down with George Stephanopoulos to discuss what President Trump may do on gun reform and what's next in the gun reform debate. Let's talk about the gun debate to begin. I started out at the beginning of the program, John, saying, is it different this time? I was struck by Dana Lash suggesting that President Trump we may not know where he's going to end up that's on this true. debate. She's probably right. right. And that's the thing that's different. I mean, we, we've had outrage after these uh, shootings. We've had victims who were very eloquent. Look what happened after Newtown. And now we have these students. Clearly a lot of momentum there. But we've had that before. What we haven't had is a president that nobody has any idea what they're going to do. And I will tell you, George, that the president has been telling his people, his staff, that he is serious about raising the age for, for uh, rifle purchases to 21. He is talking about universal background checks. Those are two things that the NRA is we dead set against. The question is, will he actually stick to that when they, when they go forward? I think there are reasons to doubt that. He's hinted he would do something in the past and not done it. But right now, he is talking about but, things that the NRA is dead but, set but, against. But the fact that he is not reliable on it means that Republicans in Congress can't figure out where to go. Because they sit there and say, well, if I do this, if I take this stand against the NRA, do, does the president have my back? And they don't know the answer to that question. But I think the other big difference now is not only these fabulously articulate kids, uh, but the fact that a lot of businesses are cutting their relationships with the NRA. First of all, who knew they all had these relationships <laughs> yeah. with the NRA? I, it was so, sort of made me want to become a member, uh, you know, if you get all these discounts. Well, but, and the big ones but, that would matter there would be if the banks actually get serious about what they do with gun right, manufacturers. Right. We have not heard much from the Republican leaders in Congress. We haven't, and, and that has been really striking over this past week. Congress was out of session, so we didn't have Republicans that were on Capitol Hill. This, I think, is going to be a really important week. They're going to be back in Washington. They're going to be asked about all of these proposals that the president has been floating, and Cokie is right. You, the Republican Party is really nervous anytime <laughs> Trump gets involved in an issue because he changes his mind so frequently. They do not want to be in a position where they 
end up backing something that would put them at odds with the NRA, potentially some of them putting them at odds with some of their constituents, and then send something to the president and he backs off of it. Right. There's right. a constant you, fear of that. that there seems to be a disconnect between the kids that we are seeing. I mean, I, I spoke with some of them uh, this yeah, week. You live in Florida. Exactly. I've, I've been talking to them. And the sense of urgency that they have, right. we don't, I don't see it in the political class. So there's a huge disconnect bet between what they want and what, but it what does appear want. that your governor has made a bit of a move by, by calling yes. for raising the not, But not necessarily. I mean, it, it is it's the same talk that we've been having for the last 20 years. The, the problem is incredibly clear. We live in a country where there are more guns than people, according to the Washington Post, it was estimated three years ago. And we have done nothing about it. The sense of urgency that's seeing the kids, I don't see that translated into the political. Lon Lonnie, is there a danger for the Republican Party in holding the line completely with the NRA on this issue or no? Oh, I think there is. And I think you're beginning to see how untenable that's going to be. I think the danger we run into, George, is that we're going to engage in policy change for the sake of policy change rather than really evaluating what is actually going to get to the heart of the problem here. I agree. Look, we've got to do more on background checks. We have to do more on, on questions about uh, the kinds of weapons that are allowed, who can purchase them at what age. Those are all great questions to ask. But fundamentally, what I'm worried about is we engage in this practice of basically doing something to act out rather than really addressing the problem. So fundamentally, and, and I don't know that our political system's capable, by the way, wait, wait, of getting that, to an actual solution. I, that, that may be true, but in, in, re, in recent years, Koki, what we've seen is actually not doing something, right. just waiting this yes, out. But, but I think Jorge's right, that the kids are so angry, and they, they don't want to hear, I co-sponsored a bill, or, you know, gob, yeah. political gobbledygook. Um, and I think that that's where the political energy is going to be. So even if the policy doesn't change, I think it affects the politics. You know, and, and you have two two factors of, of energy this year, this one now and the women. And the two of they them... They go together. And they go together, absolutely. Uh, moms. And, um, and I think that, that that's going to change the political calculation. I have been covering these debates since before Columbine, the, the Paducah and Pearl shootings. And what we have seen since then, two decades, a weakening of gun laws, right. steady weakening, strengthening of the NRA. And by the way, it's the Democrats, too, 2013, absolutely, absolutely. four yeah. months after what happened at Sandy Hook, an assault weapons ban came up, 15 Democrats in the Senate voted no, without only 40 overall votes. So the question is, is this different? What I can tell you is that talking to Republicans in Congress, there is absolutely no sense of urgency on this. Mm -hmm. They think yeah. that this can be waited out. This, if it's going to happen, it only happens if the president makes it. And what about that proposal to arm some willing and trained teachers and staff members inside schools? WBEN's Mike Baggerman talked with New York State Senator Pat Gallivan about the proposal. He is a former New York State Police and Erie County Sheriff law enforcement veteran. Better way to put it is I'm not opposed to it. I'm a believer that if we have somebody that has gone through the training, they're properly licensed and permitted, and, they're able to, and they are able to carry a weapon in the state, I do not think that there should be restrictions, including on school grounds. My preference in schools is that the school resource officer is something that we focus on, and the school resource officer is the, the so to speak, first line of defense, even though they do so many more, uh, so, many, so many more things. Uh, they work with the schools, the administrators to put security plans, plans in place. They take many preventative measures. They work with the kids. They establish relationships with the community. But if a teacher has a pistol permit, is properly trained and licensed, 
I'm not opposed to that teacher carrying in school. Under current New York state law, they are prohibited, anybody's prohibited from carrying a weapon on school grounds without the permission of the educational institution. So schools in New York state right now, if they so choose to allow teachers with permits to be armed in schools, each individual school district could make the decision to permit it. So do you think that in the aftermath of uh, this shooting in Florida, that within New York State there's going to be any kind of proposed legislation, whether it's from Republicans, Democrats, anybody, do you think anything's going to be introduced? Well, we always have proposed legislation dealing with weapons. There are many people uh, that want to take weapons away and not see any guns on the street, and obviously that's something that I disagree with. Uh, but no doubt, uh, whenever we see something nationally we do see the we see a corresponding introduction of legislation in this state but that doesn't mean that it's going to go anywhere we have to remember that new york state has among the toughest gun laws in the country and it, what's discouraging to me is that we've elected officials in new york state when things take place nationally they see fit to talk about what should take place nationally instead of focusing on making our communities in new york state better and one of the ways that we can do that and one of the ways that we can make schools safer and actually do something in the state is provide additional funding for school resource officers. Finally this time, survivors of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting are demanding changes to gun laws in the U.S. David Hogg, a senior, and Ashley Kurth, a teacher there who sheltered 65 people in her classroom, including David, during that shooting discussed the National Rifle Association's response to calls for gun reform with Stephanopoulos. The NRA against any change in the minimum age, against universal background checks, against a ban on semi-automatic weapons. Honestly, it's just disgusting. They, they act like they don't own these politicians. They still do. It's a Republican-controlled House Senate and executive branch, they can get this stuff done. They've gotten gun legislation passed before in their favor, in the favor of gun manufacturers. And what I want people to know is, look at Dana. Look at what she's saying. Is she actually saying anything, or is that just a tone to distract the American public and distract her NRA members from the fact that she's not serving them? She is serving the gun manufacturers. She's not serving the people of the NRA because the people that are joining the NRA, 99.9% .9 of them are amazing people that just want to be safe, responsible gun owners, and I fully can support that. How do you that. convince them to convince their leadership that we need change? They have to do that. In the same way that this is a democracy that's currently broken, the NRA is an organization that's completely broken. Ashley, your teacher, guns in the classroom? I would definitely say not. You know, um, I have no problem having a concealed weapon or being at home and having it in my home. I do not own one, but my in-laws next to me do. And, you know, yeah, it does make you feel safer and, and have that uh, point of protection. But in the classroom, I don't know. There's so many fights that I've broken up at the different schools that I've been at and the school that I'm currently at. And it's these, these are kids that have passions very raging passions and when they get into fights or arguments over something on Twitter or Instagram or just how their day went and having a bad day and somebody just reacts to them wrong having something like this in their vicinity is just not a good idea I mean I have a seven-year-old and I would not feel comfortable with him going into a classroom knowing that there could be a potential weapon in there whether it's loaded or not because some of the people have made you know comments and and I've had conversations with uh, 
friends of mine and stuff saying, okay, well, you have a concealed weapon on you and, you know, it doesn't have any ammunition in it. It's going to have to be locked in a separate area. And I mean, these kids get into everything that they can at a high school level. I can only imagine it would be at a mil uh, elementary or middle school level. So, David, you heard that other point that Daniel was making about the Broward County Sheriff's Office. Do you feel let down by them? Honestly, I know that the people that work in law enforcement are some of the hardest working individuals in America. I know that they work every single day to protect the lives and just innocence of American school children and Amer the American public in general. Were there mistakes made? Absolutely. Is anything going to change? I hope, I certainly hope so. But this is something that we can't go back and change now. We just have to look to the future and fix it. Uh, from what, before like these investigations come out and everything, I, from what I've seen of Sheriff Scott Israel, he's a good man, he cares about the people. I don't know what's happened in his organization. I'm not a sheriff, I can't speak on behalf of them. Honestly, I just know that I support anyone that's trying to protect the lives and the future of America. You know, we were talking before we went on in the air, you have many family members who have experience with weaponry, with things like semi-automatic weapons. You heard the NRA right there saying, absolutely no ban on semi-automatic weapons. What's your response to that? I don't understand the need to have them. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot this past week especially is, you know, we have the officers who are on campus that are armed. And, you know, if you had a person that didn't have this weapon that came onto campus and maybe they had a different type of weapon, would we need to fight the same weapon with the same weapon? So for me, um, I don't feel the need to have that specific type of weapon, but it's more important that what I went through, it's the capacity, the amount that he went through in that seven minutes that we were in there is, is just unreal with the kids that were running from it. And yes, you're going to have people that are going to be making mistakes like the BSO or the FBI and all of them. We're human. Humans make mistakes. And yes, you have a lot of things that you put onto these people and that's what they're trained to do. Just like we are teachers, we are trained to educate, we're trained to you know, enlighten, we're trained to get the best that we can out of our kids and to challenge them to do new and, and bigger things for themselves, even when they don't think that they can do it. And you know, when it comes to weapons and the, the capacity of damage that they can do, we need to really sit down and say, okay, this is society. It's not, like David says, it's not a Republican or a Democrat type of viewpoint. It's more of what do we need to do for our kids, specifically in our schools. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.